Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! Hey, what's going on, everybody? Ears Up Podcast. We're back. We have the whole crew today. This we have is the so whole exciting. crew. Yeah, I'm excited. We have everybody. We have Terrence and his smiling face over on the Zoom. And then, you know, there's Bev and then Taryn and then me over here on the Zoom. Uh, it's, you know, it's going to be a good show. <laughs> it's going to be a good time, everybody. Yeah, I'm sure everyone tunes in to see you two. Yeah. Terrence, wow. do you uh, disagree with that statement? Uh, seems accurate to me. Yeah, that's what I think, too. <laughs> okay. Yeah. One day we're going to be an answer on Jeopardy. I know it. I can feel <laughs> it. Or a question, rather, I guess. Who is Therese and Janeson? <laughs> yes. Circle gets a square. Wow. That's a different game. Yeah, I know. Anyway. Uh, welcome, everybody. We have a good show for you. Taryn is going to take us through the history of the Main Street vehicles. That is correct. Yeah. It's correct. That's correct. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I'm done. Bye, guys. <laughs> Which I, well, you wouldn't think that there's actually like a lot of history. It's like here are the cars and they just drive, but there actually is a lot. Yeah, there are four. Four histories. What? Four. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, man. Have you guys ever read them? Rid, 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 ridden words. Yeah, I've 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 read. Uh, I think just Thank one you. of them, like the old <laughs> fire engine. Mm-hmm. I've never done any of the other ones. You even chatted with the uh, with the, the old the guy. guy. Yeah, and I told him, and he gave me a referral card. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I don't live here, so I can't do it. I take it uh, because I have told him, like, if I lived down here, and you know, when I get to be as old as you are, <laughs> uh, this is what I would do. I would just sit in the sun and and cook. And drive ungrateful passengers up and down Main Street honking that horn. But yeah. apparently, you have to put your time in on the railroad first. Huh. Yeah, a lot of the car operators, that's what the guy said. I don't know if that's true or not. But um, that sounds cool, too. I would, tell, I would definitely do that also. But I'm not really what you'd actually call mechanically inclined. So or rugged. <laughs> well, I mean, look, man. You don't need to be. You're not building the car. You're just driving it. I, I figure like Jason thinks that like if it breaks down <laughs> he's in the middle of me would be underneath it tinkering away. Don't worry everyone. I got this. things with the with little hat, like. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> uh, it is I mean well, I think this is Terrence's first time hearing that. I think oh. I think you have to do maintenance on it. I mean I think like if yeah, if something goes wrong on the track, you do have to do something. It's not just like you're a dude pull the lever and you go, all right. It's not the monorail. But I think that they have a walkie-talkie for that. They're like, uh, oh, bro, uh, there's a thing on the track. Code, code bro. <laughs> code bro. Bring, bring old Bessie out here. We'll <laughs> hitch her up to the front of this here vehicle, and she'll drag us through. <laughs> I don't know, man. Actually, they just they strap the harness onto you, and you have to drag the vehicle. That's why I've been that's, doing. I've been. I don't skip leg day. If you're going to work at at uh, <laughs> Disneyland, you can't skip leg day. You got to you got to pull that thing, man. It's very true. Yeah, I'm sure that's a liability. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, uh, you can find us on social media, everybody: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and go to our Pinterest graveyard and check all 
the stuff that Bev pinned four years ago. Send feedback. But I did a really good job doing it. Sure, maybe. Four years ago. Send feedback to Taryn at earsup-podcast.com. I do that every time. Send show suggestions to Taryn's at earsup-podcast.com. You can say hi. Hi. To Bev. I mean, look, you can say hi to anybody. You don't need to just say hi to Bev. But uh, anything else that's not covered above, you can send it to me, Jason, earsup-podcast.com. Or, of course... Go to the website. I'm trying to like redesign it, but um, you guys heard of the 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 website Fiverr? Fiverr. Fiverr. Fi- Fiver. <laughs> F-I-V-E-R. It's like F-I-V-E-R-R-R-E-E-R, some like, you know, cool hip thing. You guys remember? So it's like um, um, an independent artist um, hub where you can go and hire people to do artwork or coding or, you know, whatever. It's like the gig economy kind of thing. Okay. It's like Uber, but for people who actually like know how to do stuff. Um, and so I got on Fiverr. I was like, oh, yeah, I really need somebody to like get into my back end, if you know what I mean, and <laughs> and rework it and like make it firm. I'm not, now I'm talking about the website. And um, oh, wow. Jeez. And it's really hard to find people. And so anyway, I found this dude. He he did he all of the qualities that I was looking for. He did he did like Photoshop. He did web design. He did graphic design. He did this specific coding that we use. Uh, the theme that we use on on our on our site. All this kind of stuff. I'm like, hey, dude, here's an example of what I'm looking for. It's really simple. I just want our most recent posts to have like lines in between, maybe little boxes or whatever. Like it's not really that hard. I really appreciate you taking the time to contact me about your project. However, I'm, I apologize. I feel like I'm not going to have enough time to put towards the project that you want to. I, <laughs> cool. I got rejected by a guy who I want to pay money to. Yeah. It was very weird. Wow. I'm like, okay, here we go. Wow. Darn. <laughs> yeah. It was odd. But, you know, what are you going to do? So anyway, check out the website before it changes. I don't know. Whatever. Um, speaking of changes, Concy Ears is up and running, of course, because Disneyland is still open. Um, all the parks are still open, basically. I think Paris might not be, but anyway, who goes to Paris? Uh, but if you're going to Disneyland or Disney World, or honestly, really anywhere uh, in Southern California, anywhere in Florida, basically anywhere you want to go. It doesn't have to be Disney-related. Concierge does all that kind of fun stuff. But specifically for the parks, if you're going to Disneyland or Disney World, Use Concierge. Buy your tickets through Concierge.com. They don't charge you any more than the parks do, which is uh, you know a story we'll get to later. <laughs> um, and the the bonus is that they do stuff that Disney doesn't. Like they will book dining for you. They will work on your hotel for you. They'll do all of that kind of fun stuff. Concierge.com. Those are the people that you want on your side, especially navigating the parks. The parks. Uh, here's another story. The parks are so confusing. We now have a, a podcast from Disneyland. Tell us how to navigate the park. It's insane. The, yeah. the parks are weird, but concierge are your experts. So go to them, concierge.com, and uh, tell them we sent you, please. And then if you get a concierge called Jimmy, that's our very own Jimmy from the Supreme Resort. What do you think of that? Yeah, so you can scream was, at him. I was going to say it was the best money I ever spent, but I didn't spend anything <laughs> extra. Yeah, it's all free. It's all <laughs> so it free was service. The best free services I ever took advantage of. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, better than free water at Rancho del Zocalo. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, also, our Discord is up and growing. We got a few new people in last week, so that's fun. Discord has been a real hoot. So if you want to join us, you can go into the show links of this um, of the show here and join up. It's obviously free and you come and hang out with a bunch of the diehard listeners and we just talk uh mostly wordle apparently but only in one <laughs> channel so if you don't like wordle Sorry. you can just don't need to subscribe to the channel um but you know there's a, a planning your trip stuff and people talk about their recent trips and talk about disney news and we make fun of uh inside the magic and it's a lot of fun mm-hmm. it is it's a lot of fun over there if you want to wordle su- has been Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, you. I was going to say that Wordle has been thoroughly pissing me off. (laughs) I stopped playing it once. uh, Once the homie announced that they sold it, that he sold it to the New York Times. I'm like, I know where this is going. I I I enjoy it, but if I keep playing it, I'm going to enjoy it more. And then the New York Times is going to charge me for it eventually in a couple months. So I'm just I'm just out now. Just get out now. I I hung on for like four more days past Jason, but as soon as I went to the website. And then it looked different and it was telling me the instructions. I was like, 
Mm, nah, she gone. <laughs> yeah, it's over. Mm. The magic is gone, guys. Yep. It's like uh, Bob Iger taking over from Michael Eisner. <laughs> it's like the magic is now gone. You know what I mean? You guys feel me on that one? No. Yeah. No. That's the opposite nope. of... Nobody oh, feels you yeah. on that. All right. Sorry. <clears throat> sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead. That's fine. Please, Thank you. Please continue. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. If you want to support the show, you head over to Etsy.com slash shop slash Coveyors. And we have new shirts. If you're watching on the Ooh. on the on the Zoom right now on the, on YouTube or whatever, if you guys go to YouTube later and watch this, you can see our brand new tie dye shirt, ch- tie dye churro shirts. I got three or four colors up there in the uh, Etsy shop. So take advantage of those while they're still around because I don't know how long they'll keep them up, and they'll probably rotate them. I know Jimmy wants the uh, the weenie shirt, the official Supreme Resort mm-hmm. shirt in a tie dye format. Um, and then you know I don't know tie dye's in. I'm telling you, I'm, it is the new hotness. I'm bringing it. Bringing it back. You're both wearing tie dye. Yeah, mine's not ears up though. Mine yeah, just has it's a just, skull on it. <laughs> it's just hella sick. Yeah, yeah. Taryn's um, what we call hella hella scary. Yeah, hella metal. Yeah, I don't know whatever. Yeah. Um, or you can go to Patreon.com/slash ears up, which is of course the best way. Uh, you'll get the secret show, which happens after this show. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be recording secret show tonight, and I got a lot of good news. I'm telling you. I got some good news. Story. Got some good news. You got a st- Oh yeah, Bev has a story for us. Ooh, I love Bev stories for on the Secret Supreme show. Resort. It's it's, uh, no, it's a story. Dear God, is it a story? Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait either. The 21st Amendment Brewery's latest beer release, Tropical Brew Free or Die IPA, puts an island vacation in their whimsically designed cans. That's right, cans. This refreshing year-round release, Tropical IPA, is brewed with pale and Munich malts, brimming with a Zaka, Citra Cryo, and Mosaic hops, and topped with a splash of pineapple flavor. The result is a clean, refreshing beer featuring a mix of sweet malt, balanced bitterness, fruit-forward hops, and a nice tropical vacation at the finish. Tropical Brew for Your Die IPA is available at your local good beer shop, neighborhood taproom, and anywhere else people come together to find great craft beer. All right. Had enough of that, right? We're enough all good? Yes. All right. We're all good. Taryn. Yes. Why don't you take us through uh, whatever you're talking about today? The history of the Main Street. Sure thing. People. Yeah. If you're anything like me, when you finally get through the gates, get yourself situated, and you walk under the train bridge and venture onto Main Street, there's so much to see, and the excitement of being at your favorite place is overwhelming but joyful. You smell the smells, hear the music and just feel the happiness in the air. You can see the intricate decor of the the turn-of-the-century buildings, characters meeting with excited children, shops ready to take all of your money, a marching band, beautiful flowers, a flagpole in the center, and commotion all around. One part of Main Street that often gets overlooked, however, is that it's an actual street. I mean, yes, pedestrians are abundant and take the right-of-way, but there are four unique styles of vehicles traveling up and down the street as well. On any given day at Disneyland, you can see and ride a horse-drawn streetcar, a double-decker bus, a vintage fire truck, and a couple of -of turn-of-the-century cars from the train station to the castle and sometimes back. This aligned perfectly with Walt's vision for Disneyland, which always included multiple forms of transportation with nods to either the past or the future. The first Main Street vehicle we're going to talk about is the fire truck. Now, it's important to first understand a little bit about the history of fire vehicles. In the 1860s, firemen actually ran on foot to fires, followed by a wagon carrying ladders and other equipment. I like how they ran on foot. The wheel had been invented for thousands of years before this. (laughs) Nope, we're going to hoof it, boss. It's cool. We got it. How are you going to carry the water? I don't know yet. Well, that's on the wagon. Oh, and then they they ran next to the wagon? They ran next to the wagon. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. But then a very smart person had the idea to add footboards so that the firefighters wouldn't be so tired when they arrived. And they they hung onto the side of the wagon as it traveled. I think that's probably like the the high water mark for like firefighting equipment development. <laughs> Just like, hey, what if it took us too? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Johnson, I think you just got promoted. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Um, As cities grew and buildings became taller, ladders got longer, and these wagons had to include cranks for these larger ladders. These growing cities also required more water to put out these fires, so they needed pressure and pumps, all of which needed to fit on these horse-drawn wagons. 
Wagons were getting heavy and too difficult to maneuver until the steam engine was introduced. The steam engine allowed for a lighter wagon with a tank of biocarbonate of soda, which mixed with sulfuric acid, also on board, created a steam that would come out of the hose and help put out fires. Hmm. These horse-drawn wagons were called chemical wagons and were in use between 1889 and 1924. One of the first vehicles to ever stroll down Main Street was Walt Disney's version of a chemical wagon. Carpenter Ray Fox built the one and only Disneyland hose and chemical wagon with the help of Owen Pope, who raised and trained Disneyland's horses. For Disneyland's version of the chemical wagon, since no chemicals were actually required, they replaced the soda acid tanks with two rows of benches cleverly using decorative ladders as railings and backrests and outfitted it with various decor to make it look like an authentic chemical wagon. The chemical wagon was an opening day attraction. And while the chemical wagon charioted guests around Main Street, on August 16, 1958, three years after Disneyland opened, the wagon was joined by a motorized fire truck designed and created by Disney legend Bob Gurr. Gurr recounts how the fire truck came to be. One day in the spring of 1958, Walt comes into my office, as he usually does, and he just sort of sits there, and I look at him, and I said, Walt, you know, there's one thing we haven't got at Disneyland. We don't have a fire engine on Main Street. And he said, yeah, we don't have a fire engine. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> Privately, I wanted a fire engine, and I knew that everybody else told me that the only thing that ever goes into Disneyland, those ideas come from Walt. They don't come from anybody else. But I wanted a fire engine. Anyway, he goes away, and a little while later, accounting phones up and says, the charge number for fire engine is... So I knew that Walt had gone to accounting and had decided, we're going to have a fire engine. <laughs> I like how he didn't say anything to Bob at all. It's just yeah. like, oh, let's let accounting give him the, the go-ahead. Yeah. I don't need to do that. That's the only attraction in Disneyland that's my attraction. Gurr's fire truck is based on a 1916 hose-carrying fire engine, but with some changes. The primary change made was to place seats where the hose would normally be carried. The truck was made up of many different car parts. This wasn't a vehicle that was purchased and ready to use. It was truly built for Disneyland. First, Gurr designed the undercarriage, then found various car parts like a Jeep rear axle, a three-speed truck transmission, the power plant of a small pickup truck, and other standard parts, until they eventually built a small-scale fire engine. While most of the truck was actually modern parts made to look old, the siren was authentic to the vehicles of the early 1900s, and the bell, which is located at the rear of the fire engine and available for a lucky passenger to ding on each ride, was always a bell at Disneyland. It was repurposed for the fire truck, while its original location oh. is a bit vague... It's likely that it was pulled from the sailing ship Columbia. But regardless, it found its permanent home on the motorized fire truck, where it still lives today. That's cool. It's a nice story. I like how he just built stuff. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. just going to take stuff and put it together. And All I of don't these. know, man. All of these are like that. It's amazing. And it's just going to work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just gonna, <laughs> and it's going to look good. And it's, I don't know. It's just like, it's one thing for the Disney Imagineers to, you know, replicate something from Snow White or from a movie or replicate a pirate ship or whatever, but a hose carrying fire truck. Yeah. I don't know why that's, that's, that's where my line is drawn. Yeah. It's like, this can't happen. Yeah, seriously. So even though it wasn't his idea, Walt Disney loved to drive the fire truck around Disneyland in the mornings before the park opened. In fact, in 1966, in one of the last and most iconic photos of him and Mickey Mouse, he's seen driving the truck in front of the castle. That's the one. Mm. It's it's generally in black and white, and it's him and Mickey Mouse sitting in the front. And, and he's like, like ah. yeah, yeah. That's that's he's driving the fire truck. Nice. So next up, we're going to talk about the Surreys. Now, if you're like me and you have no idea what a Surrey is, I'll tell you. It's a doorless, four-wheel, horse-drawn carriage. Now, it became popular in the U.S. during the late 19th and early 20th centuries. Basically, it's the precursor to cars. And if you've ever seen the first season of Downton Abbey, you've seen one. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> like the fire truck, the Surreys were built new rather than purchased as, a, as an antique. They were reproduced using photos of Surreys from old vintage catalogs. Owen and Dolly Pope, who operated the pony farm 
when the park opened in 1955, created the original design and construction of the Surreys, which makes sense because they were the horse people. So, you know, Bob Gurr's the motor guy. Yeah. They're the horse people. Right. I love horse people. Horse people. (laughs) They had to take a few things. Yeah. They had to take a few things into account when building these carriages. The main difference between these Surreys and the ones operational in the uh, quote unquote real world were the number of passengers held at once. The Disneyland carriages needed to be able to hold eight to 10 passengers across three rows of seats. Now, Surreys were generally built to be very light and delicate to help reduce the amount of wear and tear on the horses that the horses had to endure. So the heavier Disneyland version would require sturdier frame and more robust wheels for the endurance of the horses and the car itself. Although the Surreys were part of Disneyland when the park opened, they ceased operation in 1971 and instead found a home on display in the Big Thunder Ranch. Of course, that no longer exists, so <laughs> I suspect that the Surrey now lives in some warehouse somewhere collecting dust. <laughs> yeah, if we're lucky. Yeah. If the wagon wheel breaks when the person is driving the Surrey, do they have to get out and like change the wheel? <laughs> yes, they have to do it. Yes, they I think to. so. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, ma'am, you're sitting over the axle. <laughs> Got to get out and change a thing. No, 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 no. I mean, does the like the driver? Oh, no, I'm the guy. I'm making to, fun yeah. of you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I got that. Okay, good. As long as somebody did. <laughs> yep, I'm, I'm with you. Great. So, can I ask a question real quick? Sure. Uh, this has. Oh, I mean, it kind of does have to. So, has anyone ever seen the horses poop while they're going down Main Street? Because I saw it for the first time on my last trip. I no, think don't I, they have poop bags? No. It plopped. <laughs> I think I've seen it once, and I was very shocked. <laughs> yeah. How so could someone was... do that in public on Main Street? <laughs> yeah. How dare you? Yeah. But I think what they had, um, they had someone a few paces behind because it was like five seconds that it was. It didn't even have a chance to really even heat the concrete <laughs> before someone was scooping it up and moving on. It didn't stop steaming. It just... <laughs> Yeah. Do they yeah. just have a pooper scooper that walks behind them? I think they do. Yeah. 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 They're was, just they're uh, ready. What's it called? What did what did the guys Janitor? Do? Custodian? Yeah, I know, but like they called them like the guys in white. No, that's the those are the people from the Looney bin. Um <laughs> what is it? I forgot what they call them. But yeah, those yeah, the janitor. It was like seriously, we were we were probably five paces behind the 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 horses and the person that scooped it was like five paces behind us. So I think they just have someone. There. Anyway, that was it. That was my story. It's a good story. Good story. Good story. You know what that is? That's a good story. It's a good story, man. <laughs> <laughs> now, the last of the horse-drawn main street vehicles is the streetcar. Now, this is an opening day trolley-like vehicle with a capacity to hold 30 passengers. The vehicle is pulled by horses but remains on a track. Oh, you know the one. The track down Main Street that nearly breaks your stroller and ankle in the same instance? <laughs> yep, that's the one. It's a three-foot gauge tramway that guides the vehicle on a one-way journey from the train station to the castle. Now, the problem with researching lesser understood attractions like these are that there is often conflicting versions of history. Now, some say that Walt purchased the four working streetcars with his own money because he wanted full ownership and control over them. <laughs> As if he wouldn't have that anyway. Yeah, right? right. What? Yeah. Uh, the other accounts say that Imagineering built the cars on direction from Bob Gurr by studying photographs of earlier authentic vehicles. I wasn't able to fully substantiate either version of this of history, but my guess is that there's some version of the truth in the middle, but leaning toward Bob Gurr. I would think so, too. I mean, Walt does like to get his, you know, little nicotine fingers in everything, mm-hmm. but... It also seems like the vehicles are just Bob Gurr's domain, and it's yeah. like he trusted enough people to be like, "Yep, this is for you. I'm 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 out. That's great. You take over." Yeah, I, that's it. Makes more sense. Yeah. Now, when the park first opened, the streetcars would travel down Main Street and turn right to go around to the castle. Mm-hmm. But now it actually does a figure eight instead, turning left at the end of Main Street, which helps the horses to not always be pulling left and it helps even things out for them. Okay. All right. Which is nice. Yeah. And speaking of horses, there are four different breeds of horses that pull these streetcars. Clyde- I was going to ask. Oh, well, here we go. Clydesdales, Shires, Brabants, and Percherons. 
Mm. And they each work two to three hours per day, three days a week. I read the Shires don't work uh, too much because they don't like public a whole lot. Okay. You're an idiot. Now, these horses are cherished cast members, so much so that there's a rumor that when they re-bricked parts of Main Street a few years ago, they actually chose a softer brick around the tracks so that it would be easier on the horse's hooves. And while this may or may not be true, another reason behind laying down this new brick was to help keep guests from getting their feet and strollers stuck in the tracks. Lies. No kidding. (laughs) Now, I will let you be the judge on whether or not this worked. The streetcars require at least two cast members to run, one driver who helps steer the vehicle and manage the horse, and a conductor who guides the guests on to on and off board, as well as walks ahead of the horses and clears the traffic for the safety of the horse and other guests. All of the horse-drawn vehicles at Disneyland has had over the years, the streetcar is the only attraction still operational at Disneyland that utilizes live horses. So naturally, while Walt, while Walt wanted people to remember the past, he also had an affinity for more modern inventions, which is why it comes as no surprise that the horseless carriages, a.k.a. jitneys, a.k.a. cars, debuted at Disneyland only a short year after the park opened. In May 1956, the original red car uh, made its way down Main Street. There are actually two of these cars in operation, the original red one and a newer, but otherwise very similar, yellow one. The car is modeled after the cars built in 1903 and are two-cylinder, four-horsepower engines with manual transmission and steering. The base of the vehicle is actually a working truck that they had at the Burbank Studios. God, imagine a manual steering? No, thank you. I don't know what that means. It's like uh, there's no hydraulics or, you know, steering fluid to, like, help. You, you know, when you steer a car, it's super easy because okay. there's, there's guidance in there. Manual steering is, like... You're working on that. Like thing. you're moving the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Okay. Well, that makes this make more sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. The base of this vehicle is actually a working truck that they had at the Burbank Studios, but because it only had a two cylinder engine, which is not an actual auto engine, they didn't think they could utilize it for what they needed at the studio and instead repurposed it into the red car. This car is, again, not authentic. Not an authentic version of any single car that existed, but rather a conglomeration of several parts and modeled after many different types of vehicles that were around in the early 20th century. Mm. Kind of like Main Street itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. It's, mm-hmm. it's not any one thing. Mm-hmm. Also, the shakiness and the putt-putt sound that you hear while you're riding it, well, those are not exactly authentic. They were both added in to make it feel like the old-timey car it is meant to be. Hmm. Now I've saved my favorite mains. Well, hey, because I mean I, that makes sense because if they're if they're built from cars that are like around that time, you know that era of like the fifties, you you want it to be more authentic. So you Not have fifties, like no, no, 40s. when they were actually built. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah, so yeah. you're taking like existing parts, yeah, and then making them into something that's supposed to be acting older oh. before all the technology advanced to make the ride smoother. Um, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. It's like one thing I would never really have thought about. Mm. It's like how to really bring that authenticity back. Well, it looks authentic, but it rides like a dream, Bob. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to throw my back out when yeah. I get on this dumb thing. <laughs> yeah, basically. So I've saved my favorite Main Street vehicle for last, the double-decker omnibus. And it's my favorite because the thought of a bus traveling down Main Street with all the other traffic just seems insane and unrealistic. But it's not. It happens daily, and it's two stories. Like nearly every other vehicle at Disneyland, Bob Gerd designed the omnibus along with Roger Brogy and fashioned it after the Fifth Avenue buses, which were the main mode of transportation in the 1920s New York. The problem with this particular vehicle is that it's large. (laughs) It's wide and cumbersome, and Gerd needed to find a way to make it Uh, easily fit down cozy little Main Street without taking over the entire street. To do this, he actually ended up using the chassis. Chassis. The chassis. Chassis. Mm -hmm. That is not how anyone on the internet says it, just so everyone knows. This is pronounced chassis. Chassis? Yeah. All right. Cool. Where's my... I lost my... Okay. To do this, he actually ended up using the chassis from an old beer delivery truck, which holds a lot of weight and has a low center of gravity. Perfect for a tall, awkward vehicle. It was built on a 5 eighths scale and utilizes the same two-cylinder engines that the red cars use. 
The bus, like the other motorized vehicles on Main Street, were built using all modern parts, which make it easier to fix, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly. So while it's not authentic in its build, it was designed to look as authentic to the real omnibuses as possible. And each omnibus does have one authentic part, the English klaxon horn. This is the horn that I think everybody will recognize. Oh my gosh. That's the horn. I um, sat and recorded that and it was like 15 seconds. I'm going, I'm never going to use all this audio. Why am I doing this? Yeah. It's like a Spectra segment. It's like, oh, it's a minute clip. No, stop. You get it after even half of the first. Yeah. Um, so that that's the kind of the only authentic part about this um, is that they made sure to have that horn. Uh, the omnibus took its first drive in August 1956 and can hold up to 45 people on a single trip. And it's the only Main Street vehicle that used to travel past Main Street. Now, before the Matterhorn was built, the Omnimover? (laughs) You wish, dude. (laughs) The Omnibus (laughs) actually traveled through Tomorrowland and had a stop in Fantasyland. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That's dope. Yeah, that's super cool. That's a grand tour. Yeah. So all of the motorized Main Street vehicles were designed and constructed by Bob Gurr and his team of Imagineers. Bob Gurr is... He's something of a mechanical magician with the ability to take various parts of machinery, put them together, and create motorized vehicles. Over his career, he developed more than 100 designs for attractions, including Autopia, Matterhorn bobsleds, Disneyland monorails, and of course, the Main Street vehicles. Bob summarized his career with Disney in a single sentence. If it moves on wheels at Disneyland, I probably designed it. (laughs) The main street vehicles that Gurr designed have no specific make or model and were built using fabricated or found parts and are affectionately referred to as Gurmobiles. He was really strategic about his designs and rather than creating the most authentic version of a vehicle, he opted to create something that looked authentic but used standard modern parts so that when something broke or needed replacing, it would be much easier to repair. Each vehicle's trip lasts about seven minutes and all vehicles run at a leisurely speed of 4 to 5 miles per hour. It's roughly a 1,980-foot trip journey around Main Street, which means that each of these vehicles travels approximately 23,000 miles per year. Wow. And this number is even more astonishing when you take into account that these attractions do not run all day long. All of the vehicles are moved off of Main Street by at least 3 o'clock daily, because of crowds and afternoon parades. Wow. If it rains, sometimes they're not out at all. So <laughs> that's a lot of miles for... <laughs> 23,000, was it, per 20, year? 23,000 per year basically per vehicle. Ha- basically half days. Yeah. Yeah. So next time you enter the park and you feel that inherent joy and smell the waffle cones cooking, stop and enjoy the moment on Main Street. If you aren't in a big hurry, allow one of the Main Street vehicles to take you to the castle and give your feet a much-deserved rest, all while enjoying one of the first operating attractions at Disneyland Park. If you hear this, get out of the way! It means move! Also true. Good job, Taryn. Thanks. Actually, it was really interesting. Um, so as you were saying the names of the things, like I was looking them up. So the Sur- when I looked up the Surrey... Mm-hmm. I noticed that like the horses that were pulling the Surrey are significantly smaller than the massive horses that try that uh, pull the whatever it was called the the the, tro- the streetcar the yeah. yeah yeah those are like I mean Clydesdales are like they're huge got yeah, those Barry Bonds horses out there jeez I didn't realize like because I mean every time I'm at Disneyland I'm like. And that's a big horse, but yeah. I, don't see, I don't see horses like on the regular. Like that's just a horse. Yeah. But, no, that's a big, big horse. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Um, I, um, oh. I want to say that I absolutely hate all the main street vehicles. Really? Um, I do just because Here, they're first always of all, in our way. Get closer to that microphone while you talk blaspheme. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So I, I hate them. Why? But I hate them a lot less after after this because they're interesting. So okay. I always viewed them as a as a waste of time and also just kind of in the way. Hmm. But it's really interesting to hear the why behind um, you know hmm. why they did it, and then also 
some of the history of it as well. So that's why I like these these uh, segments like this. It always it makes you rethink your opinion about a certain thing in there. So good job, Jerry. Cool yeah, I mean, I I see where I see what you're saying. I wouldn't say that I, like I had an opinion about them. I just never remember that they're there. I, I just walk right past them. I've never once been there and been like, you know what I'm going to do today? Yeah. Right. Right. This. It's never it's never a thing you never. seek out and you always sort of remember it as they're as they're driving yeah. by. And you're like, "Oh yeah, that's right. That's a thing that I you can actually do." Where you go to board it. That right there is is the point. I don't know either. It's in front of City Hall. Mm. There's a little stand. Um, yeah, there's a little sign. Yeah, it's like a little street sign that they put out when it's ready. This is where you queue Apparently up for you the have thing. To be observant. Nice. Yeah, well also the the part of the problem, I guess, is most people who you know who are smart and intelligent um and you know nice people in general like like us we enter on the right side and go under the tunnel and then go down main street that way nobody really goes over to city hall unless you want to complain or get a pin so you sort of like miss that boarding area anyways mm-hmm. so you don't think about it that's maybe I've, maybe i don't know i've been a, a left hand enter for like the last probably three or four times that I've been to the parks uh, and I've still never noticed it. I still never left hand into a really, is that why, yeah. is that, why is that? I don't know. I, we, we Ew. went the last few times we went to take a picture in front of the huge like hedge. And then we're like, no, that's dumb. We're not going to do that. And so we were already kind of heading towards the left. And so we just kept going around. Oh, and, but no, I'm like I'm, traditionally like, I'm sorry that happened, right? I yeah. think I'm sorry that happened have, to you. I don't have a designated side. I think it just sort of depends upon what entry gate I go in. Mm. So whatever is closer, that's going to be the side that I, I go know. on because I'm not an insane person. You guys are anarchists, dude, or maybe more nihilists. But, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. And yeah, she's well, like, I don't really care. Just, I'm entering the park. It doesn't matter. And it's right. funny. I, I've I was the same way. Like, I'm just no. going into the park until Jason. And he's like, no, you have to go right. See, I thought you did it. No. I thought it was your thing. No, this is your thing. Wow. The <laughs> Disney cultural zeitgeist messes with us all. It's the Mandela effect somehow. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Well, let's take a quick break. And uh, we're going to break into some Disney news. And I actually have two... I don't know. They're like lists of, you know, those things where it's like, these are the things you should never do in the parks or whatever. Oh, I love yeah, them. I know. I, I normally don't like them because I think they're just inherently clickbait and I just really don't like that. But I thought it might be fun to talk about. Yeah, they're since fun. We're I love these because I always disagree with them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. So I should write articles for you then. Yes. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, all right, everybody. Hang on real quick. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Gee, sorry guys, but that guy bought 14 churros. I'm all sold out. And now, back to the show. All right, that was uh, live footage of Terrence's last trip to Disney. (laughs) (laughs) Caused a panic. Panic at the Disneyland disco. I didn't hear any splashes. (laughs) Damn, dude, got him. I hate you. Got him hella hard, bro. Uh, okay, let's do this, huh? What do you think? March in the past, present, and future with all the news that's fit to cover. It's the Ears Up Disney News. What's up, turn? All right. Uh, let's see, where did all my news go? I, I, every time this happens. Well, some things never change. Some things never change. Uh, well, let's just get right to the nitty gritty here, uh, you know, up front. Walt Disney often talks about the so-called Disney magic at its theme parks. Uh, think of everything from a worker replacing dropped ice cream cone or a favorite stuffed animal left on a ride to employees welcoming people with a warm smile back. Whatever. Um That magic, however, does not extend to pricing. The company has regularly raised prices at its theme parks in all sorts of ways. 
Most egregiously, however, the company got rid of its free FastPass program, which allow users uh, to it allows users to book three cut the line passes. We all know how that works, but apparently they've tweaked the Genie Plus program. Again, and this is just in Florida, I think, for right now. In addition to making Disney theme park visitors pay for something that was once free, Disney also has a variety of rules for how and when visitors can buy the new Genie+. Plus. Um, it has now been announced that those guests purchasing a one-day ticket to Walt Disney World will no longer be able to pre-book the $15 Genie Plus service prior to their visit through the My Disney Experience app. They will only be able to purchase it on the day of their visit, meaning that this service may not be available to them. Why? Why do they care about that? I cannot find a, a reason. <laughs> the only thing it I think is they're trying to encourage you to go multiple days to spend an extra day. So it's like your, your Who the punishment hell goes to right. Disney World for one day. <laughs> yeah, locals, like legit, I, think. I wonder. I think it's locals. locals. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Or like you're in town for a conference or a you know whatever, a visiting family, whatever. But, um but play I'm sorry, just real quick, but yeah. play that out though. If you if you're there for a day and you have the lightning lane pass and you're able to go on you're going on more rides every second that you're not standing in the queue it's an opportunity for you to be in a store and so it seems like that's that's not like if you want to make more money you know if from from what from merchandise sales right that you wouldn't do something to deter someone from going to the park at that point that's really that's weird it's yeah, I don't understand it. I mean, the only thing I guess I can think of is that, like, if you're coming for a vacation to Disney World, and I think it's why they did Disney World specifically, because you probably get more foreign visitors, you know, more people planning, coming over, you know, really, you know, not just like, oh, it's not like us. Well, I guess it is like us. But they're coming from out of the country, right? They're going to spend five, six days there. But if they go and they try to get Disney Genie Plus and it's sold out for the day, that really kind of, like, you know, scars their plans. My my other question is why would it sell out for the day? Well, yes. Why, who cares? Well, because you can't have everybody in the park yeah, on Genie Plus. No, you can't because think about how that's going to work with the lines. If everyone's doing the lightning the lightning lane, then the lightning lane is just all backed up. So they need to put a cap on how many people can skip the line based on how many people are available in that line in any one given period. I would imagine. I mean, there's a lot. There's but a lot more nuance to it. Everybody was able to have fast passes, but. Yeah, but the value the value of the lightning lane, especially with with paying, is that you're skipping the people who don't want to pay for it. And so, while everyone was able to have uh, fast passes, from just from what I've observed, the bulk of people were not getting fast passes. Yes, the bulk of people were just finding a, a ride that said it was a forty minute wait and stand in line for that. And then the people who got the fast passes will go well, by. But now because you're limited, because you you're limited, right? right? Exactly. But now with lightning lane, if you had Everyone in the park have Lightning Lane. Exactly what Jason said. You're you're destroying the whole point of Lightning Lane, and you're paying for the thing that sucks on top of that. Mm-hmm. That it's just it's it's strange to me. I wonder what percentage of of visitors realistically would actually be one day visitors to the parks. Know. There, it doesn't. It seems yeah. like it would be a small amount. I would I would agree, and especially to the point to where you punish them for that. I mean, it's, right. it it is a punishment. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and it's also sort of like a move that. That sort of makes you forget that this all used to be free. Well, it all used to be fast pass. It all used to be free. And then now we paid for it and we're upset. But now some people can't pay for the thing that used to be free. Now we're upset about that. You forget instantly that this is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I was thinking it was a punishment, too. But I think it's less of a punishment and more of just it, it's harder to do for those people. You have to wait till you get there. And then when you're there, you have to remember to go to a kiosk and do it. So it's not like you can't do it. It's just you have to you have to do it at a certain time, which is going to, I mean, for me, and I think yeah. for a lot of people, you're like, well, screw it. I'm not going to, I don't care. I mean, it is, it's weird because I wonder what the numbers are about how many times the service has sold out. Maybe it's, maybe it's not really a thing that anybody has to realistically worry about. You can keep going for your one day if you want and visit people and then go, hey, let's pop into, you know, Animal Kingdom or whatever, right? And use Genie Plus. It's probably not going to sell out. You're probably going to be okay. Yeah. But then if not, if there's no precedence for it, why is it even a thing? 
are they just planning for the future? Is it just one of those things where like, just in case this ever happens, just so you know, you're one day people aren't going to be able to do this. I I don't know. It seems weird. If if that's the case, like why even announce it? Why even announce another negative thing? Why not just when somebody tries to book their genie plus, it just says, Hey, you got to do that on the day of why make it a thing when this is what I don't understand is this. I try to buy my genie plus the last day that Abby and I were there the Saturday where it was insane Mm -hmm. from the hotel. And I was not able to, I had to be in the park in order to do so. They were like, your ticket has to be scanned in. So I, you can't buy it in advance as it is. I don't, maybe this is only specific to Disney world. Mm -hmm. It's only specific to Disney world. Yeah. Okay. Well, Hmm. so at Disneyland, that's what it's like. That's just, that's just like what it's like. Hmm. I mean, okay. that, that kind of makes more Now it makes sense. more sense, right? Sort of bring it in line. Huh. Still weird, though. I guess that does then make more sense because Disney World, you do, at least in the past, and I really don't know what it's like anymore, but you, pl- you, you are able to pick certain rides ahead of time. That's mm-hmm. not something you can do at Disneyland ever. So it does make a little bit more sense that you could pre-order genie plus there and not at disneyland it's starting to compute a little bit more hmm. yeah well let me know how that feels mm. it's still weird to it's me it's still stupid <laughs> it's very weird yeah yeah but speaking about cool things the walt disney company recently released their 2021 corporate social responsibility report i don't know if you guys knew this but disney is uh socially responsible oh so they're gonna toot their own horn now Let's hear <laughs> well it. you know why not Uh, The 2021 Corporate Social Responsibility Report details its efforts to increase diversity, equity, and inclusion through stories and storytellers who reflect the rich diversity of our world, support environmental sustainability by taking action to help protect our planet, and bring comfort, optimism, and joy to communities through its charitable giving. This is obviously from the Disney website itself. Mm-hmm. The report also highlights Disney's commitment to investing in its employees and cast members mm-hmm. and to operating responsibly. I, I love reading the way the, the Disney corporate speak. I just, I really enjoy it. I don't know why. Uh, quote, every company has a unique impact on the world, said Jennifer Cohen, executive vice president, corporate social responsibility, the Walt Disney Company. At Disney, creating stories and experiences that inspire and bring people together is ours. That's their unique impact on the world. Our stories encourage children and adults to see the world in a positive light, to believe that anything is possible and to take action to make their world a better place. I don't know. I'll tell you when it's, you know, when, when uh, Alice started watching Cinderella, all she wanted to do was be mean stepsisters. So (laughs) I don't, I don't understand Jennifer. Uh, Here are some highlights. So Disney has taken the opportunity to highlight some of this year's corporate social responsibility reports uh, you know, the, the high points of it in their own report that they've published. So it's like, in case you want to read all of our great works, here are just a few of the great works that we do to the, you know, for the world. Okay. Uh, last year, company-wide initiative Reimagine Tomorrow launched tap, uh, tape, uh, tapping, tip-tap, tip-toe, tip-top-ting, taping up Disney's resources to advance opportunities for diverse communities, amplify underrepresented voices, and champion the importance of representation in media and entertainment uh yada 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 uh launching a new talent acquisition initiative at historically black colleges and universities and directing more than 150 million of the company's annual charitable giving to programs directly serving underrepresented communities the company's intention is to direct more than 50 percent of its annual charitable giving to programs supporting underrepresented communities and to spend at least one billion dollars with diverse suppliers by 2024 All right. That's cool. In September 2021, the company also launched a digital destination, which is called a website, dog, first of all. (laughs) It's a website. Wow, that is true. Yeah. I mean, come on, bro. This is my uh, my digital destination, my electronic portal. Uh, Check out our electronic portal at earsup-podcast.com and be a digital destiny. Anyway, reimaginetomorrow.disney.com where employees, community partners, and fans can see the actions we've taken along with our expanded reporting of workplace and content diversity. They also do a bunch of 
garbage for the planet. I don't know, whatever. Um, the company announced it's teaming up with local utility providers to provide two new solar facilities expected to come online near Walt Disney World in 2023. will power up to 40% of the resort's annual electricity needs. It's kind of interesting, but I, I don't yeah. know. I, I think it's weird how companies tout like, oh, we are investing in solar. Yeah, because eventually you're making money. <laughs> you're saving a ton of cash. It just so happens to like help the environment. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, in 2021, the company also delivered more than 400,000 Disney-themed toys, hospital gowns, and other items to over 500 children's hospitals and installed Disney-themed experiences in five children's hospitals. Nice. Yeah. I mean, that's good. That's good stuff. Yeah, it's also all good stuff, man. So anyway, you can check that out there. Uh, 2021 CSR report. It's online. You go mess with it over there. Uh, Disney has recently partnered with State Farm Insurance, which is one of the official sponsors of the Walt Disney World Resort and Disneyland Resort. Okay. The Walt Disney Company and State Farm today announced a new multi-year relationship spanning the Disney parks and resorts and Disney advertising sales businesses. The collaboration of these two nearly 100-year-old iconic brands whose shared values represent being good neighbors and helping people realize their dreams will allow both to engage in new and important ways together. Again, from the Disney website. Quote, our longstanding collaboration with State Farm represents... I love this so much. This is just... This is... I live for these moments. Our longstanding collaboration with State Farm represents the epitome of best-in-class relationships, said Rita Farrow, president of Disney Advertising Sales. The creative execution our two brands have deployed across our media businesses throughout the years consistently raised the bar, and we're excited to extend that relationship across several parts of our company in unique ways. <laughs> State Farm has a commercial with, with a guy called Jake from State Farm. This is a raising the bar of your media deployment? Are you serious? Get out of town! Oh, man. Uh, and there's another quote. Quote, State Farm is honored to team up with Disney on exciting new experiences and opportunities that are only made possible with a good neighbor and a little magic, said Rand Harbert, chief agency sales and marketing officer at State Farm. Both brands strive to help people realize their dreams. It's to insurance. Together, we'll work to go do to go together. We'll work to do go and spread joy in communities across the country. To do go. To do go. <laughs> I'm assuming Rand is a little bit more eloquent than that. And this is just like a typo on the website. But sure. uh, in case he's not, <laughs> you, you get a CAT scan, Rand. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, right. It's it's insurance. Realizing your dreams. My dream is to not get sued if I get my, in an accident. Or my, my dream is to not have insurance because <laughs> yeah. it's expensive and, and annoying. And it's just in case. Right. I hate in case. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, whatever. That's what's happening. State Farm. Oh, wait. No, I, I literally didn't tell you the, the, the whole like reason I was like talking about this. Uh, beginning of this year, consumers will see this alliance take shape in the form of collaborations on exciting events and sponsorships, such as an event during the Disney Dreamers Academy at Walt Disney World Resort. Good Neighbor Month celebrations in September. So you guys can look forward to that. Good Neighbor Month in September. Hey. Um, the Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend Sponsorship. They're also going to be sponsoring two venues at Disney World Resort, uh, State Farm Waterview Park at Disney Springs, and State Farm Fieldhouse at ESPN Wide World Sports Complex. But this is really the most important part. In addition, State Farm will be the presenting sponsor of the upcoming Disney Parks Plan Disney Podcast and the presenting sponsor of the popular Five Fantastic Things to Watch This Weekend segments of the d23 so uh yeah there are um they have a podcast now it's called plan disney which uh again if you have to have a podcast to figure out how to plan to go to your own thing yeah it's overcomplicated it's a little overcomplicated yeah 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 so I, jake from state farm is trying to move in on our territory <laughs> all right here we go. I am a VIP tour guide at Disneyland. Here are 12 of my favorite things to do in the park. This is someone who Ooh. works at the park, whose job it is to take people around the park. Rich people. Yes, Terrence, go ahead. Can we do the prices right? How many of these do we agree with per person? Sure. Without Have you already read it? No. Okay, cool. Okay, so I'll start. 
I say that there's no more than four that I agree with. So, he, well, okay. okay, here's the problem. It's this person's favorite thing to do. Yeah, where we agree or disagree yeah. with him. Okay. We agree or disagree. Uh, did, okay, but I agree that they're all her favorites, so I already no, win. that's oh, not... <laughs> God, you are the worst. Jason. Imagine just sitting on the couch and having these conversations. Uh-uh. Nightly. No. <laughs> God bless you, Taryn. God bless you. Someone has to, bro. <laughs> It's not me. Um, okay, you said four, Terrence? Yeah, four. For yourself? Wait, you think for you're myself. going to agree with four of them? Yes, four okay. total. And there's 11 total, right? 12. 12. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Bev, I'll come back to you, Terrence. I'm going to agree with seven. I'm going five. I was going to go five, but now I guess I have to go six. You don't have to. I we mean, can't tie. The winner gets a new Mercedes, but it's you don't have to. We can share the Mercedes uh, if you want. I go five. Oh, I, have the money. I don't want to pay the taxes <laughs> on the car. I want to say five. There's no way I'm agreeing with six of this guy's things. Uh, first of all, her I name think- is Amber Wainwright. Yeah. Um, okay, here we go. Um, <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> Should have said zero. Yeah. <laughs> Skip the line at Starbucks and head over to Joffrey's. First of all, it's not called Joffrey's. Yeah, it is. So, jo- well, Joffrey's make yeah, it's it's Joffrey gourmet has, coffee from Joffrey's. Right, but yeah. that's not what the place is called. Okay, well, you know what I mean. No, but that's what I'm saying is that's stupid if that's what she's really saying because that's not what it's called. No one's gonna know reading this article to go there. If you're like me and wake up early, <laughs> imagine sitting on the couch next to this. <laughs> Hearing this. I changed my answer to zero. <laughs> uh, anyway, she's saying uh, basically uh, go to the gourmet coffee thing. And I don't even know where it is. It's in DCA apparently, and I know where it is. Joffrey's it's, cart between the boardwalk and the pier. Yeah, it's right across Joffrey. from um, where the Little Mermaid ride is. Okay, it's mm-hmm. like just just across the way. Yeah, um, it's weird because it's compa- you're basically equating Joffrey's with Starbucks. And Starbucks is fine. It's good. But Joffrey's is not good. It's, <laughs> it's not good coffee. Yes, Beverly. I will say that they do sell coffee alcohol there. Like hot toddies. Oh, oh, really? And, okay. We'll and see. Such, so. Now you're talking. Okay. I here's an, last trip. Here's another one. There are lots of creative photo spots beyond the castle. Mm-hmm. Oh. So this is one of her favorite things to do is um, take photos of herself. Yeah, like the wall on Pixar Pier. No, oh god, it's one of her favorite things to do. Okay, <laughs> cool, great. Yeah, no. I spice things up a little at Corn Dog Castle. Corn dogs are a Disneyland staple, but I like to step away from the classics and try something a little outside the box. At Corn Dog Castle in California Adventure, you can try the Hot Link Corn Dog. Okay, that's good. That sounds good. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, but I just, this is one of your favorite things to do. You're talking about the corn dog. I don't know. I just feel like that's not really what I'm expecting out of this. What, but what, what about agree. just try, try new food? Step out of, step out of your that's, comfort zone. And that's probably what she I means. will agree with this one. Okay. I'm agreeing with this one as well. Cool down with boozy frozen treats from Adorable Snowman. You head to Pixar Pier's Adorable Snowman frosted treats and order the chili lime mango margarita. Everything is mango there. That definitely gets a thumbs down <laughs> for me. Okay. Oh, yeah, because you can't eat mango, huh? You puff up. Um, anyway, so that's cool. I haven't tried it. I would probably try it. So I think I'm that. that's two things. Yeah, okay. I'm at one. Yeah, I'm right. still at one. Okay. You wouldn't try that? I mean, it's... Uh, I would try it, but okay. I, can't, I can't say I agree with her that that's oh, something it's, I should do. Uh, mango soft serve with chamoy which is that spice whatever diced mango and a splash of tequila first of all better not be just a splash dog yeah it's not a margarita if it's a splash bro right (laughs) um here's one take a moment to chat with the characters oh i'm sure they are so excited (laughs) well i think it might be i don't know that just Uh, just eliminated my one like that one was so bad it took mine away Well, and, and it's funny because then later she's down. This is uh, if you think you're too old to interact with characters, you definitely aren't. Um, no, you are. <laughs> maybe. I don't I'm know. Sorry, but you kind of are. Abby is too old to interact with. <laughs> I always make time to visit a galaxy far, far away. So she goes to Star Wars land. OK, two. OK. Yeah, but also, but also that's duh. going to the park. Yeah, you're one of your around. One of your favorite things is one of the lands at the park. It's like saying, I, could, I love going you, to Adventureland. 
but you can completely avoid that if you don't yeah, know you where it is it for sure you can totally miss it all right um disney you have to bounding, go there with intent sure disney bounding that's one thing she does um go to the animation station and uh, learn how to draw characters <laughs> there's that <laughs> darren's is still working on, on his life your jackson's better than me at drawing already i'm so mad about it it looks fantastic by the way it I still don't know what it is. It's is Eeyore. that his belly? It's a bird. The, it's, the it's, I think it's, it's one of the crow. It's a bird. I'm, I'm trying to get someone memory. to draw this as a shirt, and I will put this on a t-shirt. Oh, my gosh. I will wear it. Uh, ha- I head over to Cars Land in the evening to watch them light up Raider Springs. Yes. So, yes. Great. Three. The fireworks look even cooler when you ride by them on the Incredicoaster. Okay. Sure. Four. Yep. Four. Um, wait, wait. What? <laughs> no. Three. You can't ride Eight. by the fireworks on the Incredicoaster. Is she saying go on the Incredicoaster and try to see the fireworks yes. all the way from the other side? Yeah. Yep. So time the line perfectly so that you're at the right point in the ride to watch the fireworks happen. Basically. Well, and if she was smart, she would have said Tower of Terror because that one is actually cool. That makes sense. But a roller coaster to see like half of a firework while you're at the top like that's <laughs> yeah. just stupid and you don't hear the music in that park like it's just you're just looking at fireworks explodies yeah. in the air uh there's always new mickey merchants to browse mickey merchandise there's always new mickey merchandise to browse that's another one that's so, her favorite thing dude. uh is shop. so shopping yeah which i look i love shopping i'll Four. do it yeah oga's cantina is the perfect spot for a nightcap five yeah, I think I would do five. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure, I agree with her. But 12, I don't know. Whatever. God bless her. She, she, that was all 12? Yeah. Oh. Hey, I got five. I got four exactly. Wow, you guys are good. There you go. I thought she was going to be better than that. All right, here's one more. And it's very similar. We got the things you should do. Oh. I was a Disney Imagineer for eight years. Here are seven things guests should never do in the parks. Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Who, who wrote this? Do we Kyle, know this person? Think, probably. Did Kyle write this? <laughs> one of them happens on pirates. Is one of is one of them get fast passes? Is this like um, is this like things that you shouldn't do for your own sake, or things that like you shouldn't do because it's gonna like it's rude? Or I don't know. You know as much as I do. Okay. Um, okay. Here we go. Number one: Don't try to text while walking down Main Street. Amen. She says in Magic Kingdom specifically, but I'm going to just put that for for Everywhere. walking down the street in life, but especially at the okay. parks. By the way, this is not something that you have to be an Imagineer to understand. This is literally not rocket science. Public safety. Don't do this. But, right. but also, Disney, how about you move even more onto a phone-based platform yes. where you have to look at your phone right. all day. No, you can't text on your phone, but it's okay to plan your trip okay and see to where to go on Genie Plus. Genie right? Plus yeah. to choose my next ride. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, faking an injury to get a wheelchair or scooter isn't cool. No, it's not. No. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Terrence, you won't you never done it. You want to talk about something? Totally kidding. Um, using flash photography on the rides. It's distracting and annoying. Yes. yes. See, wow. I don't what what does it say about us that like we're we're more like yes with the negative ones, but whenever someone writes a thing about her twelve favorite things, we're like, that's dumb. Because they well, were all dumb. of her things were dumb, and these are all <laughs> things that suck when people do. That's true. <laughs> Story continues. Why? Uh the railings in the ride queues aren't your personal seats. I'm gonna have to take offense to that. Yes, they are. <laughs> Wait, what? You know, the railings in the queues oh. don't sit on them, basically. You can lean on them. Lean on them Mm -hmm. if they are strong. You can't sit on the chain. They're not that strong. Every time I lean against a chain, I'm like, I'm tempting fate here. I have seen a kid, not my kid, not my kid, but I have seen a kid eat it on one of those chains sitting on it. Because they're like magnetized? No, not just that. No, it was, um, oh gosh, I want to say it was maybe the Incredicoaster, but they were leaning on it and kind of rocking and they're feet went too high and they landed on their back like straight on their back and it was one of those times where like the parent looked at me like (laughs) what did you do i can't believe i let that happen to my kid and i'm like they won't do it again (laughs) (laughs) 
Don't bring plastic straws or balloons into Animal Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's yeah. That's a good idea. Apparently, yes. they're not permitted anywhere in Animal Kingdom. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if, if they're not allowed, then it makes sense you're not going to bring it. You can't bring a balloon in. If it's not allowed in the park, they're going to tell you not to. Anyway, whatever. Have you ever seen someone bring a balloon into the park? Mm-mm. I mean, maybe if they bought one of those big dumb balloons and they tied it to like their stroller or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like I from, a, you know, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Park hopping or whatever. Uh, wearing flip flops to Disney World. Uh, totally disagree. I don't know. <laughs> I think you could totally do it. It depends. Well, it's weird because she says this might be more of a personal opinion. Mm. Well, first of all, they're all personal opinions. <laughs> but that's fine. Uh, but unless you're an expert flip flop walker. You're asking for some major blisters. First of all, what? No, you just need no. good flip flops. Yeah, what's the? What do you mean the expert flip? I'm, I'm been I'm walking really in flip flops for thirty five years. I haven't got blisters anymore. No, either so happens or it doesn't. <laughs> I've gone to Disneyland in reefs a few times. No, so if I actually used to just pack them in my bag as my change out when my tennis shoes would start to hurt, I just slide my flippies on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you're worried about being hot in sneakers, I suggest you wear Tiva sandals because they strap oh. all the way onto your foot and provide a little more support than standard flip flops. And you will get okay. viciously mocked by me nah. as you walk right. by. You're nah. painting a good picture. Purple socks, baby. Come on. <laughs> yeah. And have some granola in your fanny pack. too. <laughs> Uh, here's one. Don't argue with ride employees about your child's height. I mean, first of all, you could just cut it off at don't argue with ride employees. (laughs) Yes. But don't argue about your child's height. Yeah. I mean, like, don't get mad, everybody. Anyway, that's it. All right. I mean, sure. Done. Yeah. We did it. We talked about the things. Yeah. So back to animal kingdom. Um, just a yes. quick thing. One of the my favorite moments from our trip to Disney World was when my father-in-law asked when the fireworks show started at Animal Kingdom. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, could you they imagine? Were like, they were like, sir. This is a Wendy's. Here. There's, uh, there's animals. <laughs> and part of me, like, couldn't figure out if he was just messing with the person or if he was serious. Jeez. I mean, I feel like it's kind of a valid question until you at, until you say it out loud and then you're like, oh, Alright, I think that's it. I think we're going to get out of here. Cool. Okay. We did the stuff. We did all of the things. It's time for fact of the show. Clarabelle Cow. You guys know Clarabelle? Yep. All right. Well, apparently she was the target of censoring by the motion picture producers and directors of America in the 1930s. In those early cartoons, Clarabelle walked on all fours and was not clothed. <gasps> Naturally, the an- she was a cow, right? Naturally, the animators focused on their ta- Naturally, the animators focused their talents on exaggerating certain aspects of her movements, paying particular attention to how pendulous her udders were. Apparently <laughs> Oh boy! And that thing was oh that bag gosh. was swooping and swapping, man. I was gonna make a joke about that, but I was like, no, that's inappropriate. Yeah. Well, <laughs> apparently, this caused quite the stir because in February of 1931, the uh, motion picture producers and directors of America announced that they had received a massive number of complaints about the engorged cow udders in various Mickey Mouse cartoons, and oh. ended up passing a requirement that cow udders should be small or invisible. Disney wow. ended up clothing Carab- Clarabelle in a skirt, but still had her walking on all fours, which made her look really weird. So eventually, she was allowed to evolve and become the biped we know today. Wow, she got body shamed big time. <laughs> so body shamed. I can't get the, the phrase pendulous utters out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I could be in that boardroom for that meeting. <laughs> That's a band name. I love it, dude. Oh, it is a band a- name. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in. If you're listening live, uh, give us, uh, I don't know, 10 minutes. We'll be over there in the uh, secret show link, which is already in Patreon, by the way. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, thanks a lot for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And uh, until next time, we'll see you guys later.